Well, the year is 2019. It's peaceful. You walk outside, you see a bird singing. You see people going to the park and playing. It's the, it's the, 20, it's the 2010s. Nothing bad happened in the 2010s, you know? No crashes. That was 2008. Nothing's happened. We're chilling. We've just been chilling out here. We've been vibing. Boom. Kobe dies. What the fuck? What's happening? 2020's already off to a bad start. Dead. The hero. The man. The savior. The legend. Then, boom. Pandemic. Probably, arguably, one of the most socially significant things to happen in all of history. All happens right at the turn of the decade. Has that ever happened before? Well, Kobe's only died once, so no. Mm. Mm. What year did Jesus die? I'm just kidding. But <laughs> maybe that would be the other, since he literally defined time. I have a different turn of the century that I think is more significant. Okay, that's what I want to hear. Well, I'm chewing my food. Yeah. Starting this episode just like the last Okay, one. wait. Let's also just go over what's already happened at the turn of the century here for the 2020s. Yes. How about, okay, you explain your case. So, Kobe, COVID, right? All the lockdowns. COVID's huge, too. Like, big emphasis on COVID, especially because of the internet and everything. Like, worldwide spread. Like, that affected everybody. Now, war. We're literally in the second year. We're literally in the second year of the decade. It's just started. And so much has already happened. Like, there's literally a war going on right now. When, like, a, like a war between two, like, you know, I almost said legit. I don't want to say legit, but huge countries. You know, countries that people actually know who they are. You know, when's the last time that's even happened? Like, what the um, really like the Korean War, right? Wasn't that the last time it was like actually countries that you? Every other war was kind of like you know, we could have ended it at any time. You know what I mean? There hasn't been a war that the U.S. hasn't been able to, like, step in at and, like, control. Like, the loss of control. Like, this war is... I don't know. You're the historian. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm, I don't know I what mean, I'm saying. I mean, we When was the last time that the U.S. was afraid to enter a war? Like, afraid to enter That actually a war. was happening. I don't even think... Okay, well... I think let's make this clear. If the U.S. wants to intervene in Russia, Ukraine, they could, they could and would. I think they'd freaking demolish Russia. But I think the thing is, we're sending Ukraine like military aid, like our weak stuff too, and Ukraine's crushing it. Like yeah. Ukraine literally is like, dude. Even without like our aid, they were already like holding up pretty well. Like com considering the fact that it's Russia, an alleged superpower. Yeah. So I think right now the U.S. isn't answering because they're like, Ukraine's kind of got this. Like, we're sending them, like, our weak stuff and they're winning. So we don't even have to enter. Yeah. And and risk, like, some more, like, you know, risk Putin doing something. But um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I see your point, though, 2019, 2020. But still, even with that, I feel like mm -hmm. there is an element of, like, fear there. That the U.S. doesn't want to enter the war because they're afraid to enter the war. This current war? It's not just because of that we don't have to. There's also a fear element that wasn't. I think initially there was. The way that, but I would also attribute that to international, like, international reasons and also, like, our own, like, leadership. So it's a combination of, like, you know, President Biden and his administration, how they want to handle it. And um, also, like, the international scene as a whole. Like, I think the uh, the United Nations was, like, very slow to respond about Putin and then also the, you know, the European union, like kind of seeing how they NATO also too, duh. So because this is like more of like a NATO issue than a U.S. issue, I think it's like, there was a lot more players involved that Biden and our administration had to consult, you know, like before acting. So I think that also played a factor, but I will say it's a combination. Like they did not respond as aggressively as some people would have, maybe one of them too, but, or maybe some people say they played their cards right. I don't really know. Kind of depends on, I guess, what side of the aisle you're on, but I have no idea. I feel like that's such a hard decision to make. Very to like tough. Go in there. There's a, I think when the war first broke out, it was very, it, it was very, uh, there's a lot of fear for sure. I think there was initial fear, 
but I think where we're at now, it's clear that Ukraine is, you know, actually doing pretty well. I think the scariest thing, though, is that even today when, like, we can go online and I feel like I have, like, access to all the knowledge I want, you know what I mean? And it's like, I could just look up anything and see what's going on and get a clear picture. Putin... It just came out to like recently. I don't know if it was today, but like probably not today because whenever I hear things, it's like, you know, it has to go through things. But um, Putin's approval rating rating went from 60% to 80% since the start of the war. Yeah, and that's some BS. They're straight up just getting lied BS. to and that's believing it. There's, I think there's actually growing dissent among the Russian people. Yeah, about this war. There's a lot of Russians. You think who are that the numbers this. are fake? 100% they're fake. Dude, the reporters go, there's reporters in Russia and they have cameras and they're recording people on the street and they walk up to everyone. It's for sure 80%, it seems like. they. They're, they're, I, I, I disagree. I don't think so. I guess I haven't ever looked at it. I think there's a lot them. of Russians who, who know what's going on, but they just don't want to speak up about it. Because, right. dude, if you say in Russia, if you say like, oh, I'm against this war, or I don't approve of Putin... Dude, you're like yeah. I saw that too. now more than ever too. I think that's why I would go, quote unquote, up is like now more than ever, dude. Yeah. Like they're really on that. Like if you say something right now, dude, yeah, you're you're probably not waking up tomorrow. That's that's scary. You could bet on it. So I I guess that's true. Actually, I'd after say saying his it out quote loud. unquote approval rating definitely did go up, but yeah, based on there's a lot of uh, stories coming out too of Russians who are. Um, going against the war and protesting the war so that's that's really interesting so yeah. i think i think there is a because okay this war has been an absolute disaster on his end for even going through this war was already like hella sus to begin with because their economy is not great it can't the thing about war is it really takes a toll on your economy like you can't anytime you go to war like your economy is going to struggle that's just part of it and it's just a matter of like you know I guess mitigating the amount of loss you have, right? So with Putin, like their economy was not doing great even going into this, but yet he decides now's the time to go through with this. So already you're on kind of like a you're not starting on the what best foot. Doing? But he was betting on the fact that Russia is this huge military superpower and Ukraine is this very small country and he's like, "Okay, even even if we delegate I forgot how what the number was, but I think two hundred thousand soldiers to this. We should be able to handily annex this, and the economic gains he'd get from Ukraine, given the fact that Ukraine, so much of Europe's oil flows through Ukraine, and Russia has pipelines that go through there. Like gaining control of that, he was betting would improve their economy and also improve their defensive positioning compared to NATO. And so, going into that war, that's what he was betting on is annexing Ukraine, right? I mean, no one really knew if he wanted to annex Ukraine. Maybe he wanted to annex, like, certain parts of it. I don't really know. But I think one thing he realized where we're at now is that the Ukrainian soldiers have been very resilient. Like, seriously, like, Ukraine is putting up a defense that I think even we couldn't have anticipated. Like, they're they're holding up very well considering the fact that Russia had all this time to plan this out. I mean, U- Ukraine also kind of was defensively setting up, but they're very outnumbered. Very outnumbered. Like, man-to-man they're outnumbered and somehow they're holding up so as a russian even if you support the war you're banking on the fact that you'll at least win you know the fighting part of it but you're not so now it's like an l on like all fronts like you can't even win this and you're already taking an l at home but their tvs also are all saying that like there's nazis in ukraine and that the u.s is like behind this and so i think that there's a legitimate and i've heard like some, I, I mean, this is all anecdotal, but like some like people calling like from Ukraine calling their family members in Russia and they can't even convince them that their war is like they're the instigator. Yeah. So I think there is a level of the people there seriously not knowing what's going on. Yeah. Because I feel like if they knew what was going on as clearly as we do, yeah, it wouldn't even be a and, discussion. And that said, because, of, because they live in like, you know, communist state, like economic downturns, I think won't affect them as heavily as it would in a free market. So 
I would love to see like how like they're, they're also kind of because didn't like a whole bunch of companies like U.S. companies just pull out of Russia like instantly like online stuff even too like I think didn't Coca Cola McDonald's like yeah. I think a lot of them did so yeah, I Russia wonder, Russia's not they were already kind of not doing well before the war and now they're really not doing well so I. I, I wonder really why know, the like, Russians, it doesn't seem like they're that pissed off about that. Maybe we just don't see it. But I feel like we have, I haven't heard a lot personally about like how their like daily life has been affected by that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we may not, not know too. It's, it's a, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Dude, what do you think about the Tucker Carlson clip where he goes, Putin never called me a racist. Putin doesn't eat dogs. <laughs> I've never seen that. Are you serious, never bro? Okay, dude, let me pull this up. He said this as soon as they invaded Ukraine. I think maybe he would take it back now. I mean, I hope he would because it's like, it's honestly might be the worst take I've ever seen. It's, oh boy. Tucker no, I, Carlson I, on Russia. To a certain like degree, I really don't keep up with like current affairs too, just because it's, uh, I don't know. I try to stay off of like social media and all that stuff too. So there's only, I have like very like limited knowledge on stuff sometimes too. So I, I, don't, I didn't know like Tucker Carlson's doing anything. Although Bro. I don't really watch Tucker Carlson to begin with. So that's probably why part is of it, it not popping up? It's, it's gotta be the top one. I've seen everyone's talking about it. Tucker Carlson, Russia dogs, I guess I'm gonna look up. I don't even know what to look up where the heck is the clip i need to find it it's literally like the craziest thing he's like oh my gosh it's so dumb he literally like defends putin he's like oh yeah putin um putin's not that bad putin blah blah i saw it in the do you know channel five made a video on it i don't know if you watch channel five with andrew callahan who has all oh. he's in ukraine right now that's cool and in his video put it but i originally saw it on the um on um what do you call it? I saw it on uh, the H3 podcast. He, they played the Tucker Carlson clip, but then, oh yeah, dude, it's right here. Look at this. Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? Did he manufacture a worldwide pandemic that wrecked my business and kept me indoors for two years? Is he trying to snuff out Christianity? Does he eat dogs? Is he making fentanyl? These are fair questions, and the answer to all of them is no. Vladimir Putin didn't do any of that. Putin is doing- And that was legitimately right after like Russia invaded Ukraine. I would love to see the context of that clip because that sounds very soundbitey to me. I'm not trying to defend yeah, that I, take, but I feel like, especially knowing Ethan, Ethan, you know, yeah. like I, I want to see the full context of that. I do I too. Really I do too. And maybe those were like clip. the 20 minute views I popped I up really too. I really want to see the full context because I highly doubt, Although maybe I'm wrong, but I highly doubt that Tucker Carlson will be that insensitive to like defend Putin. That's crazy. I it feel like that's right one thing that attacked. like everyone could agree on is like not to defend that guy. But yeah, well, either way, like the know. reason why that clip is going so viral too is because that is being used in Russia. They're playing that clip to the Russian people. Wow. So that's the reason why that. Well, clip- that's. Very so, unfortunate. So that's the reason. So either way, it's getting taken in that context <laughs> to the Russian people. So that's not good. Yeah. So um, I think that's why it's so viral. But yeah, I don't. I, I would like to see the full context too. But I think that that legitimately was his take because it was like right. I remember it was like mm-hmm. right after. Yeah. No, I definitely want to see the full. Yeah. Context. Okay, but now you got to tell me which turn of the century has been more definitive. More definitive. I would say. 1400s and 1500s 1492 dude when columbus Mm. discovered america i think that the discovery of a whole nother half of your planet especially by the european superpowers at that time spain you know france portugal dude that that's huge england i mean england gonna get in on until 1605 but still like in the 1400s 1500s like America single-handedly made Spain like a superpower. That's you know what I'm saying like that's that's I and mean, it 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 created an influx of new resources and shook up basically the entire political sphere of the western hemisphere like an influx of resources and animals disease culture technology it was really like discovering a new planet. 
yes, in a way. Yes, 100%. I would say, I, I'd say that I disagree with that from two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So the first perspective that I think um, is the, the first one that I thought of is that when you go back that far, which is, I think it's almost impossible. Well, you did say all time. I know, no, no, no. I know, I understand yeah, yeah. that. I'm not saying that the, the it, going back is making it, that's not the reason why it's bad, but you can't talk about decades back then. When you're in the 1400s, guess what happened in a decade? Christopher Columbus took freaking two yeah, years yeah. to go to America or mm-hmm. whatever. And then he was there for a couple of years. And then he took two years to come back. Yeah. And then everyone was like, oh, cool. You're back now. But you did. Oh, let's send more yeah. resources out there. It was decades for that to happen. Yeah. So I, I think that you can't really say that the, just a kind of on a, on a, on a technical <laughs> there, you can't really say that it was a, the turn of the decade was that significant because you can't really choose a decade there. Because what's more significant well, than actually that, getting. That, that's what I will concede is that we've have the benefit of, you know, like 500 years of history since 1500 right where we've been able to witness how significant that turn of the century was whereas Mm, with 2019 that's why i actually think there is a dark horse argument that you might be right about 2019 2020 but we're so we're only two years removed from it that we don't even understand the extent of covid and all that stuff because you know the Spanish flu did happen also in like what 1905 and that ended up not really being that big of a deal so like we don't know I mean if you lived in 1907 1908 you probably would be like wow big deal and then like World War One happened right after maybe the end of the Great Depression to the next decade was a huge turn too well let's see the well the Great Depression happened in 1928 I think that was like when Black Tuesday happened so I guess but okay, but here's the thing: was America never really like? I don't think we really like ever recovered from World War II until, like, I mean, sorry, until from the Great Depression until World War II. Right. Like the thing is, like, that was like a twenty year process to like recover from the Great Depression. Like we were kind of like, we yeah, were. I mean, like, Great Depression, World War II, and then after oh, that, but that's like a thirty year process. But well, I'm just saying, starting yeah. at the end of the Great Depression. Oh, you you don't have to start at the beginning. You could just. Well, I think the end of the Great Depression. I don't know. Maybe there's some historians who'd like correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the end of the Great of the Great Depression was really like us entering the war yeah. because the war like allowed us to mobilize our, you know, industrial like might, right? So, and we entered the war in 1940. I think. Oh, I guess the war ended in 1945. I think, but I think we entered the war like a few years before that. I forgot when Pearl Harbor happened. Yeah, I'm not sure, but but so the 40s basically 1940s ish was like world war ii slash like our economic recovery so that's still like a solid like 20 year timetable so i don't know i think i think i guess for me i interpret turn of century like but then i guess turn turn of the decade turn of decade yeah because that's several decades and but then you make a good point about that could also be applied to 1492 that was several decades too i feel like also i think 14 the other perspective on 1492 is that um, I think that I don't know if I'm 100% right about this, but I I I learned something recently that Christopher Columbus's discovery of America wasn't as heroic as it's taught in school. And apparently, I I think I found out about this by learning that from the flat earthers that think the earth is flat, that even back then, like even in like the early thousands, like even like in like the freaking like Athens and shit, they already had a pretty good idea that the earth was round. And so apparently the whole thing about Christopher Columbus, and I could be wrong here, but I'm, I, I'm like fairly confident. I'd say I'm 80% confident. Um, the whole thing about Christopher Columbus, not like the unknown of sailing in that direction. It was played way up. And apparently everyone at the time knew there was something out there, knew you could sail that way but just never put the resources into that. Yeah. And so it was less of like a discovery as it was like, okay, now we're going to do this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it was more like, oh, now we're going to explore. I think they knew the earth was round and that's why he even went on that journey. He thought that he could get to the West Indies a lot quicker by going that way. But the thing is everyone who went that way, like they were like, wow, there's a ton of ocean and it's just a lot cheaper to go down to silk road right so scary too bro that's very scary so freaking scary scary. so i think i think that's like yes i think i 
I agree. But I think for me, I wasn't even thinking about it from like a scientific perspective of like, oh, the earth is now round. But I was thinking more like, I mean, literally at the turn of the century, you discover that there's a whole si- half of your planet you haven't discovered. That's pretty freaking monumental. Also, the, That's also the, the diseases yeah. that, they, that they brought over was like a COVID scale, like wiped out like 75% of like the American population. That's yeah. pretty crazy, dude. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. But I will concede that with COVID, I think from a year to year perspective, because our world is so much smaller now, you might be right from like a 29th, like literal like calendar year, January 1st or December 31st, 2019, December 31st, 2020, like calendar year, turn of the century in how much, in what, 365 days, how much did the world change? You might be right because yeah. I don't know if a single event could have changed the world. You know as what? Much. There might've been one other event that changed the world that much in a calendar year, in a calendar year. I think I found at it. the turn of the century. I don't know if it's at the turn of the century, but oh, the not, dinosaurs. Not turn, not, sorry, not, not turn of the century. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not turn of the century, turn of the decade, I mean. I just, saying, I right? just went, all the catastrophic shit I just thought of, and I think that yeah. actually might be good arguments for that. Yeah, din- yeah. you might be right on that one. Dinosaurs might be But the then, bigger. did the dinosaur thing happen at the end of a decade and the beginning of a new decade? That I feel like so that is a very... Changes the... That's a distinction. So, I think what, what your, your question was, turn of the decade in a calendar year... I think so. It has to be when we had calendars. I feel like that has to be a parameter yeah, of this. Yeah, when we had calendars, and then on a, a 365 day period, like literally going from this decade to the next, how quick did we change? COVID 2020, it might be at the yeah. top. I could see it because globalization has like on a is now like rampant on a scale that like in all of human history has like never been. Maybe, even like did black plague happen at like but the, the turn, black, of a, turn of a decade i wonder uh, what well, i think the black plague happened in like the dark ages and because people like transportation itself was a lot slower and people were more spread out it did take like a while for it to even like consume europe and also the black plague keep in mind was a strictly like the dark ages is strictly applied to europe like the rest of the world was freaking killing it like africa and asia during the dark ages they were like they were doing interesting they were doing some cool stuff like we only call it the dark ages because like in that sense i think our history is very eurocentric where we were like oh that's the dark ages but it's really only the dark ages for one part of the world and it even like you know transportation wise people weren't spreading as quickly like the thing that made covid so crazy was that it was coming out of china but during chinese new year when like all these planes are coming out of there and spreading it to the world in a way that we've never seen before. You might be right. No more think about it. In like a strict calendar sense and in a strict like how much can we change the entire world in one year? I at think the when turn I of a decade. Though, I think at the start of it, I feel like we got to expand it from the 365. It's like, it's more like take, it's more like, I feel like it will, it will eventually like kind of like what I'm thinking is like, take the five years before the turn of the decade compared to the five years after the turn of the decade and how much did it impact the and world h- and how much impact did that have or like maybe we would shorter, have to, maybe a little shorter have like to look three at, years because that's like the turn of the decade i don't know five years three years. i think the five-year one there might be other ones or like because you just have to look at like world war ii that one might be like the only other one maybe i'm trying to think of other stuff like that but how many people world. did like i guess no never mind world war ii obviously affected everyone that affected every single country everyone, in the world yeah. so maybe world war ii would be like the only other one that like you know maybe that that one might beat it but i think in terms of like a one-year window i think covid wins it's just from like a like a educated guess i think covid wins like 2019 2020 dude like literally like we've never seen anything change the world like that like everyone like like China, obviously, like Japan, like all of Europe, all of North America, South America, like everyone, like it affected every business, every person on an individual level. I feel like in the history books, when they're doing the twenty, like the like the uh, the twenty tens, it's gonna be like the chapter is gonna be like this big, and then they're gonna do the twenty twenties, and it's gonna be like it's gonna be so nice and neat. It's like so like distinctive. It's so like you turn the chapter to the 2020s and it's like a perfect timeline already. Yeah. And it's like, I did think about that when I was like with COVID, I was like, dang, future 
history students are going to have it easy because 2020 is such an easy year to remember and it's a very significant year it's definitely going down history there's no doubt about it and i think uh it definitely it seems like it's just rolling it, the snowball of covid the going straight world, into the war yeah the world in t- december 2019 versus the world in december 2020 is just it changed so drastically and i think what you have going for you in your argument is that it affected like everyone like a lot of times we see these events even like the war in ukraine it like affects everyone but like not really you know what i'm saying like on an individual level like how does it affect like your personal mental health like covid crazy like it affects schools businesses you know like trade like ever and we're still dealing with the ramifications i think the biggest thing that people are sleeping out covid too is like the youth like how is this going to affect children born in a pandemic era and children who are trying to learn in a pandemic era like i feel like that could have ramifications that we're not even like aware of you know like the mental health that struggles that people i see i can speak to that a little bit because i see landon Mm -hmm. like in like through throughout covid and everything too and I think he's one of the kids that did not like it. He did not transition very well. It took him a long time to get back into. I think he's just now starting. And to, they're like, all like developing at this age. You know, yeah. like, you don't even know how that's affecting your brain until like, dude, when you're you that age, two scale. years, two years feels like like it's eternity so times yeah. ten. Everything when you're a kid feels times ten. Three minutes is thirty minutes. Is that really Three how it seconds? is? In my head, it is. I think like when is you tell a kid legit, like though? wait like. You know, like sit still for like just thirty seconds. That's how I feel too. But I feel thirty like seconds feels like probably like. It, do we have no. like a distinction? Like, is it legitimately times ten? I don't. Or is I it, think it's metaphorically. Yeah, yeah. Metaphorically, right? But I feel like there's. A, I don't know. But I know that it for sure, dude. But yeah, two got, years is a lot for them. When you had to wait in the grocery store, when you had to like wait in line for your parent to come back, or you had to like just like do anything mundane. Yes. I hated that. I would do. I would trade anything to not go back to that. Mm. can you imagine going back to that with the knowledge you have today like of how time moves and how like you go about your everyday life and you could just sit down for like a couple hours and do something and go back to like that would be torture to go back to that definitely i remember like i mean this morning i was literally watching like nicholas's fun run for his school and just watching all the kids like just all they were being told to do was very simple instructions like they'd like every few laps it'd be like freeze Every few laps would be like, run as fast as you can. Every few laps would be like, jump. And just crazy how like when you mature, you just see like, I don't know. It's like your brain kind of like processes more things at once. So like at that age, like when they tell you to jump, your entire head is just thinking about like jumping. But it's kind of like what we talked about a few episodes ago about the dad who like solely watches football now. You know what I'm saying? I think that's one thing that when you get older, it's like a blessing and a curse. So you could process a lot more going on. You're like... Something that happened recently to me, like totally reminded me of that too. Because when I was younger, when my dad used to put on the U.S. Open or the Masters, I would be like, "What the what the heck is this guy doing?" You know what I mean? I'd be like, "This guy's just sitting here watching golf. It's the most boring shit I've ever seen." I watched it for like ten minutes, and I was like, "I'm out." Then Tiger was in the Masters recently, you know, and I just got into golf. I when his first day when he teed off. I watched it for six hours straight. I just watched golf. And I was like, what the fuck did I just do? But it was so entertaining. I don't know how to describe it to you. It's just like the perfect background thing to watch. And you could just like watch it, check in. It's like, because they play for like six hours. You know what I mean? And it's like, it was, it's like so relaxing too. There's like no advertisements. Just like a very good vibe. Yeah, I don't know if I've gone there yet. I'm still on the basketball. It's playoffs right no, now. No, but even basketball. Playoffs in the basketball. When I was watching right basketball, now, so. any sporting event when I was watching when I was younger, it was like so long. It just felt like it took forever. Yes. I think I remember watching the uh, the Colts with my dad when I was in like first grade because this was back when like Peyton Manning was like killing it. I remember Peyton Manning back in first and grade. And I remember in first grade, my parents, like I like loved Peyton Manning and then they got me like Colts like fan gear and stuff and then i'd sit down and watch the games with my dad and i could not make it through like half a quarter i remember just being like oh my gosh it's so slow they set up the ball all this stuff like why is like one play it takes like five seconds and then there's like two minutes of setup that's what it felt like to me and then now it's like i could watch the entire super bowl no problem dude it's like oh it's yeah so, no it's problem. super fun no problem yeah i i yeah i think that 
I, it would be straight up torture to go back to that when you're like, it's going by so slowly. And yeah. I'm so glad that I'm not like that anymore. I saw this like post on LinkedIn of like this kid who's like 13 and I think she's like pursuing her PhD. So she already finished her like undergrad and she's going to get her PhD at 13. And I'm like, underachiever. What is it generally? <laughs> well, I just think about it. I'm like, I wonder how life feels like for them. Like, I remember when I was 13, like, you have a concept of, like, at 13, I already had a concept of, like, oh, yeah, you have to get your grades and go to a good school and all that stuff. But I wonder I for did them. Not. I had really? no concept of that at 13. I think, but the thing is, like, I don't know what she's even thinking, like, that 13 year old girl. Like, I wonder how she even is processing that, like, that she is achieving something that people don't normally achieve till they're like in their late twenties or thirties. <laughs> You're literally like passed over like so much ground. You've made up so much ground. I think what that, do you even do with your life? Like I she can't even get yeah. a job at there. Like, do, can't you not get a job till you're like 16 or something like that? Yeah. No, you can't drive. You so can't basically do she could get her PhD and still not be eligible to work for five think, years. Yeah, and probably a lot of the equipment you'd be using as a doctorate if you even try to go into some laboratory or something, you probably have to be like 21 to like use it. I feel like, isn't that some weird waiting room torture kind of thing? It's like, oh, I have a PhD and I want to go out and go to labs and like do science work, but you can't even use it because you're like not even old enough. So you have six years I think that there waiting. is probably a really good argument that her getting her PhD at 13 is just straight up child abuse. I bet mm. that there's a good argument for that because- Think about how much shit she's going to miss out on that she has no control over. It's almost like making your kid an Olympian. You know what I mean? It's almost like making your kid go and play a sport when they're 13 in the pros. You know what I mean? Or like every day they have to do that. Like there's there's a line, I feel like, where it's like you got to let the kid live, you know? You can't just make every decision for this kid. So how, so how do you think that's going to affect you as like a parent when like you have kids like do you think you're gonna be that parent who like puts your kids in like sports and activities where you're gonna kind of just let them like walk to the ice cream shop no. walk to circle k or something well i mean i think that those two things aren't mutually exclusive but mm -hmm. i think that um that you 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 have to force your kids to do things that's for sure there but there's a there's a middle between forcing your kids to do things and getting them a phd when they're 13 <laughs> You know what I mean? And yeah. so there's a middle well, in between there. Definitely like, uh, I guess what I meant was that question was no, like yeah. separate from the PhD question. No, of it's course, like, of course. Cause I feel like I was talking to this, I was talking to my mom about this. Um, and I feel like our generation is like one of the, like our generation was very much like the, you do so many activities when you're younger. And so was the generation before us. I think, I don't know. I might be wrong, but I think a lot of people I know, like when you're younger, you did like all these sports and activities and I wonder, and obviously we all were competing against each other in high school to go to these crazy universities. I wonder how that's going to affect us as parents. Like when we are raising our own kids, are we going to look at them and be like, okay, just have a childhood, man. Like legit, you know, like don't care about like getting straight A's, like go live, go to the park. Like yeah, go. Do, I, I, I don't know if that's going to, if that's like a macro thing yeah. that's going to affect so much of our generation and how we parent or if it's just like we're just gonna keep it going like we're gonna be like oh we knew like the importance of why we had to do all these things so we're gonna like transmit that to the next generation i feel like relating to that is like the theory of the flip-flopping generations where it's like our parents i feel like were super self-sufficient and they yes. like knew how to do everything themselves and then they did everything for us and I feel mm -hmm. like now we're like, not like everything for us, but like, I feel like now the next generation, our kids are going to be like, you know, they're going to have to figure out a lot of shit on their own. Cause we're just going to be like the opposite of our parents. And then they're going to figure out how to do everything on their own. And they're going to be super like, I do think it flip flops. And then I think it's going to, cause, yes. cause I know that looking at my grandparents, when I talk to them too, they seem a lot more like, or what I remember of them or people I talk to that age seem a lot more like us in a way where it's like, oh yeah, like whatever, like, you know, like doesn't seem so opinionated or like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, but in the way of how you would raise your kids, they let their kids do what they wanted. And then our parents were really strict on us. And then I think we're going to let our kids do what they want. And then they're going to be really strict on their kids. 
like at least a trend you know what i mean i don't know if it's like how much that trend is but i've definitely seen that in my own life where it's like it seems to flip flop. it does flip flop i i think one the most i've seen it flip flop in is if your parent is strict or not that's where i've noticed it so when i've seen this not just in well not just in my life but all my friends lives um it's like if your parent is really strict you're going to be like really loose as a parent and then your kids are going to be like i hate that they were so loose i like got freaking traumatized i'm gonna be really strict and then their kids are going to be traumatized being like you didn't let me get out of the house so i'm going to be loose <laughs> and it's this flip-flop yeah i've noticed that with like so many kids and parents it's like the parents who are the strictest had loose parents growing up so they're overcorrecting. Every, parenting is just so much overcorrecting and undercorrecting. It's all that's it's all like missing the mark, but I think that's cuz we're all human, right? <laughs> so it's like there's certain things if you're if you're if you saw for instance like drugs and alcohol mess up your family, you're going to be like the strictest with drugs and alcohol with your kids. You're going to be like banning them for like a whole year. That's very true too. If yeah. you catch like them taking the whiff of like That's a good anything. example. Or yeah. yeah. And, or if you got like really traumatized, like with like TV or something, maybe you saw like horror movies and like like porn or something at like age seven. And then like, you're going to be like cracking down on your kids, like no phones. I'm going to monitor everything. You're like G rated movies till you're like 12, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I've noticed that. I feel like there's, it's like, because the parents are almost like it hits a soft spot for them. Like when they're traumatized, they're like, I do not want my kid going through that. So they like overcorrect, like, please don't ever like go, you know, or if you're like, if your parent maybe was like, maybe if your if your parent got like assaulted, like walking outside or something, they're like never going to let their kid like walk anywhere, you know? So it's like, there's all these like flip flops that happen. And then the kid's like, you never let me walk anywhere. So now I'm like, the kids are going to make you walk ever you want with the next kids. I don't, I don't know. And I feel like the weird thing, I don't know about you, but for me, like growing up, like it's still like a big question mark on what areas I'll overcorrect on as a parent. Like I kind of don't, you don't even really know. I feel like you kind of just do it. And then you're like, you look back and you're like, Oh damn, I probably overcorrected on that. Yeah. I I have no idea on that one, man. But Oh, also I have one more thing to say. It's like so unrelated to this topic, but Zach is starting a podcast. Wow. Yeah. Shout that um, out. He, I think wants us on it. Oh, and I, and, I, and I told him, I said, and I told him, I said, you know, it would be super freaking cool. I'm a little selfish here was like, if you got Tim separately and me separately, because I want to hear like a, like Tim, like a solo oh. Tim podcast would be kind of cool. Like, I think it's him and Chris. So it'd be, a, it's like us where it's two people. And then there's Chris. one person. Did he go to Valencia too? Is he, is it the Chris with the blonde hair? Yeah. I think I had him in Spanish class. Yeah. Yeah. So so I that told, is the Chris. Wait, I that told, is the Chris that works. I think he works. He works with him. I went to Sea Surf. I saw Chris, and I didn't know if I was supposed to say hi to him or not yeah, because yeah, it was one of those yeah. situations. I ended up not saying hi to him. So I don't know how he stands. So that would be well, interesting. So, so Zach told me about the idea, and I was like, you know, it'd be so cool is if you split me and Tim up because I'd love to hear like Tim in a podcast without me. I kind of just want to listen to that. I would love to like tune in and be like, you know, it'd be great. But I'm I'm just gonna say this now. Yeah. But what if you sit down there and you tell him that and you're sitting down there and so they're like, all right, all right. So what do you really think about Tim? And then you just start talking like mad shit. Like, not that you would, but you start talking mad shit and then I pop out the closet and I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck you say, bitch? (laughs) I just feel like like I'm very curious to hear like us having separate episodes and it'd be like, maybe it'd be super different vibes or maybe it'd be like the same. I don't know. It'd for sure be different vibes, I think. And I, I think, think we that's, balance that's kind of cool to almost like separate Bamba and Tim in a, the podcast. It's always us. It's almost like, like TMG. Like you have a Noel Miller podcast and you have a Cody Co podcast and it's kind of like, whoa, I don't know. That's just, that sounds, the idea sounds really I'd be nervous to, to go into a podcast without you. I'm like, shit. Yeah. Now what the fuck do I do? But I just want to tell you, and he said he's probably going to do it in like May or June. So he might reach out to you so about that. Has or you should reach out to him started? about that no i'm not gonna reach out to go on his podcast though i'm not gonna be like no 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 but like we already talked about it kind of thing like we already talked about he said tell tim i want tim on the podcast yeah 
I follow him on Instagram. He yeah, can yeah, invite yeah. me on the podcast. I'm down. So you okay, tell yeah, him yeah. that I'm down. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll I'm not gonna. Man. I'm I'll not gonna invite man. myself onto his podcast. It's not inviting yourself when he invited you, and he's just I'm the messenger, you know, telling you. Well, you know, I got I got a buddy. <laughs> he said he'd love to have you on the podcast. You know, you gotta call him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I have a couple other things that I wrote down too. If we want to go over, one of them is that I want that I haven't talked to you about in a while that I was like oh my gosh why have I not asked Nathan this have you been having sleep paralysis recently and how's your sleep paralysis uh no I don't have sleep paralysis I haven't had sleep paralysis since like eighth grade but you said that didn't it have like you had like some events happen since eighth grade right no I don't think so I thought you said that you were worried about it you said, "Oh, if I watch a horror movie, I'm afraid that I'll have sleep oh, paralysis." Oh, I'm afraid I'll like, I'm afraid it will happen again. Like I'll trigger it again. But you haven't had it since eighth grade. I haven't had it since eighth grade. We're watching a horror movie tomorrow, bitch. What no, the fuck? But like, that's because I've been like, because what triggered it going into seventh and eighth grade was just like, like even just listening to like scary stories and stuff like that. Like already like, and the thing is, ever since eighth grade, I like rigorously stay away from everything like that. Like I know what like i can't you told me wait you but i thought you told me that if you saw a trailer you would get sleep paralysis yeah and i don't see trailers for it but you're talking about eighth grade you're talking about when you were like picking your boogers and eating it it. it, (laughs) you're talking about like a time when you were running around on the playground Um, i didn't either but some people did that that was the age that people did that that's landon's age no no you're landon you're literally landon's age eat their boogers in eighth grade no way I think that's their first. Hell yeah, thing. they did. Dude, Eighth grade? middle school, they for sure did. I don't. I don't know about that. I don't know about that either. But whatever. You're. You, that's the age that, like, bro. That's like no. the age where. No, I. I. I you cannot with that. literally anything from when you were in eighth grade, if it hasn't happened since eighth grade, is unapplicable I, to your I, life. I definitely can't watch horror movie trailers even now. Yeah, dude, that's like some like mental block. That's like mental block. The way I see it is, I don't, I don't, you have to understand, dude. I think that's one thing that how me and you see life differently. Like, I just feel like no inclination to open possibilities that for me, I've already deemed as like a net negative. It's kind of like that with like drugs and alcohol, which is actually interesting that we call it drugs and alcohol because alcohol is a drug. So it's kind of funny. I don't know. I just find it funny that we call it that, but like drugs and alcohol, right? Like I don't, like my mind has a mental block where it's like I'm is literally like a net negative to bring this into my life and I feel no inclination to experiment and like see it for myself almost like make, come to that conclusion through experience like and I think the same goes for horror movies but I know you and Julian are so different in that where you're like well I would love to come to that conclusion through experience like you watch a horror movie and then you come to a conclusion like oh that's not for me but for me it's like I could come to that in theory and you guys are like, well, you don't even know. I'm like, I don't know, but I feel it's like- a mental block. Like I'm okay with. It's more like I'm so content in like where I'm at right now without it that I don't even feel the need to like f with it, Either- which is like very foreign to you guys. It feels like it's very definitely foreign. foreign. <laughs> very I think that, foreign dude. yeah i think that either we've, we've been having this conversation not necessarily on this topic but the same structural like debate since like probably we first knew each other because there are things i think you like pulled me on you know that that you're like oh, i was like oh i don't need concerts and then like i go to concerts and it's fun yeah you know so so there are things yeah. that like I, but i think this one and like there are things you haven't swayed me on. I think you sh- it shows how strong I am on this and you're probably never going to convince me on. Like the horror movie thing, is, we've been talking about this since like we were first friends. I think the and thing think- that you don't realize though for horror movies, because I thought that it happened more recently, but in, I'm telling you this. Well, the experiences in- I had seventh and eighth grade, they like right i under, I, I, I don't even want to like i understand that it's we're, we're not even going but there. i listened to horror stories in seventh and eighth grade and let me tell you this the horror stories i heard in seventh and eighth grade were the most terrifying and scary things i have ever imagined and no horror movie can replicate that in any way because when you're in eighth grade and you're listening to a horror story and you have no context of horror or you haven't watched like rated r movies Saving Private Ryan, you know, shit like that. You haven't been desensitized. Your mind is fucking, like, pure and fragile. And you are envisioning things that are way more scary than what can ever be on a screen in front of you at this age. 
And so if you watched a horror movie, I guarantee you, I guarantee you with 100% confidence that you would be like, that wasn't even bad. That's what you would think in your head. You would think that is nothing compared to my eighth grade self. In the- it definitely depends. But it's I, a movie I, I, on a screen. Like you got to understand. I that- just feel no inclination. I think that's yeah. that's that's a big thing. Is like it's not like I'm holding myself back. I think that's like the the part that's like I guess like a disconnect between us is like I'm not holding myself back from watching anything. Some I, like, people would I consider could die that- very happy yeah. never watching. I mean, technically, I've seen horror. Like, technically, I guess I've seen a couple, but it's like they're not even really horror movies. Like, for instance, like me and Sophia just watched uh, Jennifer's Body, which like I don't even think that counts the horror movie, but technically, it's horror, I guess. There's some seen, scenes in superhero movies. I've seen a that Quiet Place, scary. and that's like technically horror. It's not. I don't think it's a horror movie. So like, I I could I could die happy without ever seeing a horror movie. Like for real, I just, just don't really feel like the need. I think that's like I think that's the that's the part, man. Is like convincing someone who doesn't like feel the need to do it is just kind of like it's a tough uh and i'm pretty stubborn you already know that about me yeah so I yeah some people would consider like that it's like monks try to do that so you could take it that way too to have monks? no care they don't monks the whole point of being like uh that's true monks yeah they're trying not to they care have, about like things. no like wants for anything that's like yeah. the whole point right so i guess maybe I you like, reach nirvana maybe no. you have no well, desire monks, monks are freaking stacked because they feel like that with everything like every single temptation they've learned to like numb themselves on like yeah. you you could literally be like oh here's like this girl or here's like this amount of money and this or here's this car and they would literally like not budge they'd just be like i don't, I don't care <laughs> that's I, I don't think i'm on that level i think that that's what you're <laughs> saying i'm on that level only horror movies yeah only horror movies and yeah probably like you would have never gone to a concert if this was your logic though you would have never done so many things all the I things you like i think i think you know when it comes to applying principles to your life you have to uh you can't apply it like to a t like you have to pick and choose how you apply it in your life right i think that's kind of how i see it like concerts what you sure. need to do is you need to go out on the street. Vegas. You need to get a heroin sure. needle. <laughs> you need to stick it into your arm. Everyone does that. I think there's even, there's limits everyone sets. Like you everyone probably would never heroin try heroin. Needles in their no, no. What I'm saying is like, even you have that on your own life. Like no, you, never. <laughs> you set limits on what you try out. So it's like, I think it's just, this is like a limit I've put on myself. And it's just, it is what it is, you know. That's actually, that is true because we all do have a limit. Yeah. So What's the other question like, though? It's it's not a question. It was okay. Yeah, this is another thing. Another theory that I thought of is that it has been in our friendship a known thing that I have bad memory, and that's something uh-huh. that we have said we've established. And I think through recent podcast episodes and through recent just me in life being more aware of this, I think that I actually have a good memory. Is my theory? Because think about this. We're doing the friendship test or whatever. We're doing the cards. I freaking nailed every single question. You did nail that. On the dot. Although that is not memory. I think that's intuition. I think that's like. No, but some of it was memory. Some of it was remember. Remember, we also did a couples quiz. True. And I got every single question to that right. That but one was the, straight I up memory. The, I still, I'm not trying to say like you're wrong. I'm just trying to say that those questions weren't exactly like memory tests. They're more like how well do you know someone? I think that's a, a different kind of memory like you know didn't we do one i'm not talking about the box i'm talking about the um remember when we just did the questions one and it was like just questions about the other person it wasn't it wasn't um what do you call it the questions were objective it wasn't subjective questions it was like when did we do this there were some did we do that there were some of that what happened in my i was answering questions about your life that were objective and I freaking knew every single one is how I felt. And then I also was like um, thinking about, I think I wrote something else here. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And at work, like I'm in my CRM with my clients and I'm like, I remember, I remember like the email address to like so many people's name when I'm like typing it in. Yeah. And, like, I will say, I think your memory is improved. I think it's improved. I don't know. Like I'm not even trying to like discredit the fact that you probably have a good memory. You probably, maybe you do. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like. The, I don't know either. It's just a theory that I have. Cause I'm like. I do think it's, maybe it's improved. I think so. I, I, yeah. I, I don't really know. I mean, it's, 
I think we could test it. There's got to be a way that we could test it. I don't know how, but I think you could pre- prepare. Or you could prepare a test for my memory, and I feel like how do you even I feel do like that? my. Well, think about this. the The way that we'd been saying my memory was bad was like you were like you would always be like, "Do you remember the time we did this? Do you remember the time we did that?" And I feel like I used to. Another not- thing too is when you tell stories, there'd be times after there'd be a lot of times I have to correct you and be like. That wasn't that. There's was this whole podcast where you're explaining like, uh, uh, oh, like this is when I like tried vaping and this is when like this summer happened where we did this summer and I'd be like, Tim, it's this summer that that happened and you tried vaping at this age and it's like and you're like, oh, I forgot that. So it's kind of like I think it's like that, that is true. I think that as things blend together in my memory for sure. I think that when it comes to like that kind of stuff, like. um but I, I'm, yeah, I guess I don't know how to describe it. I think that there's a type of memory that I'm good at then probably actually after you yes. saying that, because I think that you're right when the, when I'm like, which year did this happen in? I have no clue. Or what's the timeline of this happening? I have no clue, but I feel like it's like, what is the details of this? And I know another thing that happened recently too, is that, um, one of la- this is like super random, but I just got remembered of this because, or I reminded of this because, uh, Landon's friend's uh, dad just drove away and I waved at him on the way here because he has some friends over. And, but what happened was, is that we went to your Belinda middle school for Landon's like lunch uh, thing where you get to bring like your parents, your siblings. And I met uh, his friend's dad and we talked about like Ray-Bans and like, there was like the new camera Ray-Bans and I like told him about it because he like complimented my Ray-Bans. And then like months later, I see him, the guy doesn't even recognize me. And I'm like, oh, we're like, we, oh, you were the guy I saw on the field. And like, we were talking about Ray-Bans. And he's like, mm-hmm. and he said, oh, you have a good memory. And I was like, do I have a good memory? Like, that's like, I think, like, I think you definitely had, I think you've improved. I think I'll say that. You're definitely like, if people knew like where your memory was a few years ago, and then now I think people would definitely agree that you've improved. Maybe you do, do have improve? a good memory. How do you improve on I don't memory? Know. I though. think it's more like is that even it's possible? very anecdotal, right? It's like if we come up to a certain situation and you remember something, it's like then you get like a good memory point. <laughs> I'm not really saying that's like I think that's in general how it works with people because okay, I'll tell you my story. I historically had a great memory growing up. Not even me I think when it comes to good memory, like you almost can't give yourself the title. Like people have to bestow it upon you. So Dan called me out right now. I kind of oh, no, 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 I no, kinda no. Trying no, no, to no, 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 but well, don't worry. I'm telling my story and it's going to, it'll make sense. And so when I was growing up, everyone in my family would always be like, damn, you have a good memory because I would like, remember like all this random crap. I don't know. And, and I don't even think I had a good memory because you're just remembering stuff. So, but then it's like, if so, if no one, for instance, when you're growing up and no one remembers something and you remember it, you get like a good memory point. Everyone's like, oh yeah, Nathan remember that thing none of us can remember. It's very anecdotal, right? Because no one could actually like go in your head and think how much memories you have. Maybe Noah has a lot of memories, but he just like, I don't know. Doesn't you know, share Just doesn't share it. Yeah, who knows, right? So good memory is almost like very anecdotal and it's very much like a, if no one remembers and you remember, you get like a good memory point in everyone's head who was in the room. So growing up, I had this streak of like always like knowing... And if someone forgot everything, they could be like, Nate, do you remember? And I'd be like, oh yeah, that happened this time. And they'd be like, good memory point. So then I think it honestly started happening in like the last three years. I just started losing. Like there'd be times they'd be like, Nate, do you remember this? And I'd be like, oh, I, I don't remember that. Or I would start even worse telling stories and they'd be like, that's not how it happened. This is how it happened. And then they're like, oh, bad memory point on Nate, good memory point on who corrected you. And so I just went on a streak of a lot of bad stuff. And it's like, now I can't even confidently tell someone I have a good memory. I, before I had so many people telling me you have a good memory that I'd be like, okay, I think I have a good memory. But now I have so many people telling me, oh, you actually kind of have, like I have a, a theory for that. bad memory. So I'm like, I guess I have a bad memory. Yeah. We're not bad, but I think now it's like, they said it's worse than it was before. I think I have so an maybe answer. now I'm like average. I think I straight up have an answer to this dilemma in your head. Mm-hmm. And I think I witnessed it. And I think I understand exactly what you're saying. So I think that, here's my theory. When you used to not have so many friends, your memory was highlighted because the people you were remembering was so small. 
And so you were looked at, and this is probably vice versa for me because yeah. I had a lot yes. of friends back yes. then. So I think that when you're, the more people you're juggling, the more your memory is spread out thin and the more things fall through the cracks. I've never thought of it that way, but I think you're absolutely right. Because now I yeah. have less friends and I've dialed it back and I feel like my memory is better. And I think that it's because it's spread less and it's opposite. I, I, I completely agree. Actually, you know what? You probably hit it, hit the nail on the head there because I never in my life said so many times to people like, I forgot if I told you this, then in the last probably four years, four yeah. or five years, because literally like from 2019 2018 2019 2020 even now kind of but those these past four or five years i literally like have you know like six best friends you know or something like that and plus my family of six and all that stuff and then my extended family my aunt my ee and my sanku who i'm like really close to so i have all these people that i opened up my life to like they're all like best friends to me like they know everything about me and i want to share these stories with them but when you have to retell a story literally like 10 times like you don't remember which people you told it to because you've said it so many times and then you have you tell someone that story you have a dialogue about it how are you supposed to remember like what you said and what everyone remembered because it's the same story 10 times and it's like you're almost setting yourself up to like confuse people so i'd be like oh you said this about this story and they're like i didn't say that and i'm like shoot that's probably chance who said that you know what i'm saying like i don't remember and yeah, especially I think, when you I, have i think i hit the nail on yeah the so, and then like especially when i was friends with like megan and i had like you know or like what vanessa and Brittany and stuff like that it's like you have like three different like even like you can't even distinguish it by gender because you have guys and girls you talk to and you're like oh, some girl told me this and maybe andy and you all tell them the same stories and it's different when you have like two people in your trust circle versus like and then also as we got older, more events happened in our life. Like back when we were like 16, 17, we just like were bored, me, you and Julian. Yeah. And so events were more like specific and you only told it to like a few people. But now it's like you open up to so many people. How are you supposed to remember like what one person said? And then it confuses you because, you know, you're like, oh, someone told me this, but I don't remember who it was because you just like, yeah. I think I have to Maybe. be better at that because you're know. describing that to me and I feel like I've gotten so bad at that recently. Like if something happens to me and I have a story, I've noticed that I tell it to one person and probably Emily. I probably like try to try to consciously bring that story to Emily. But honestly, recently I've just like walked in the door at my house and then I'm just like if someone's there, I'll just like tell them and then I just won't even tell anyone else. And then I'll just, but then also I just write it down in my journal too. So I think that's like been helping improve yeah. my memory too. But it's so interesting how it's, uh, I, but in high school, I used to do that a lot more when yes. I was like, cause if an event happened, I was like, I got to tell these people, I got to tell these people. I gotta you tell had these a people. lot of people you were juggling in high school. Yeah. So now a it's lot. more like, I think that I need to be more conscious of that too and be like, oh, I need to tell people this story because I always just tell someone and then just like write it down and then I'm done with it. And then like one person hears it, you know? Yeah. But I don't ever put in a conscious effort to tell multiple people, you know? Definitely. I think that plays a factor. Yeah. So I think that you describing it there is like, I, that just like hit me and I was like, Oh shoot, I need to be doing that. I need to like tell people more stuff, you know? I think we're both open books. So I think it's not, yeah. it's not a problem in terms of like trust. It's more like a, just I think it's just straight effort for me at least for me it's remembering because <laughs> oh, yeah. I tell it so many times to people that I'm like oh shoot I wasn't there's so many times people be like you never told me that and I'm like I swear I did and it's seriously because I've told that story like seven times already so it's like yeah I'm like oh my gosh like I just thought you were one of those seven people I told because it's like seriously retelling the same thing to like especially when big things happen like for instance like two weeks ago like me Sophia and Megan met up Right. So I have to tell that story to like, I don't know how many people. Right. And then, you know, it's just kind of like, there's did stuff you like tell that. me that yet? I don't even know. What, see, I don't even think I told you that you told me. Well, I know you told me it was about to happen, but I think you didn't it tell me happened. about, you didn't tell me this. See, but I think that I yeah. should have followed up with you because we were talking the day no, before. No, don't, don't even worry about it. We were it. talking the day before about it. I remember. And you're like, yeah. we're seeing Megan tomorrow. And I was like, yeah. oh shit. It was really chill. It was really chill. That's like, did she bring her friend? No. Oh wow! Yeah. So it was just you, Sophia, and Megan. Yes. Wow. So she did. She did call me last week, and she wanted to hang out. But I told her, 
Uh, I don't know about that because I'd have to talk to Sophia, you know. Oh yeah. But I think I like that we're on good terms now. It was very friendly. It seems like she's she's good. It seems like seems like it's cordial now. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's good. But that's a good example, right? Of like, dude, I'd tell that to how many people, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it.